The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, it's our last show before Christmas, and boy, do we have some presents for you. You may remember Raymond Acevedo as one of the members of the group Menudo, but he has a solo career, and he's here today to talk about his new music and to give us a taste of his brand new song. Then, Tony Luca may have been introduced to music lovers on The Voice, but he's preparing to release his eighth studio album. We'll get all the details and maybe even talk him into giving us a sneak preview. Then, hop in the Crawl Call time machine for a trip back to the mad world of 80s music with author and music expert Lori Majewski. So pour yourself a cup of wassail and get ready because that's coming up today on Crawl Call. We're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Ho, ho, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kroll Call. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I will be playing the role of Santa's little helper today because we've got a really, really good show today. I'm very excited about what's coming up in just a little bit. We'll get started with today's show in a couple of moments, but I want to, of course, extend all of the season's greetings to everyone out there who's listening, wishing everyone a happy Hanukkah and a very early but Merry Christmas. We have some great shows also coming up for you in the next couple of weeks. It may be the holidays. You may be celebrating Christmas. You may be celebrating Hanukkah and New Year's and anything else that you may want to celebrate. But we're not going anywhere. We will have brand new shows the day after Christmas, December 26th, and the day after New Year's on January 2nd. It's a special two-part look back at the year that was, 2014, the year in review, that's really the only catchy name that I could come up with for now. It may change between now and the time that those shows broadcast. But for now, it's the year in review. We're going to be taking a look back at all of the things that we were talking about over the last 12 months, from the year in sports to the year in television, the year in fashion, the year in music, the year in film, the year in pop culture, the year in business. There's a lot of great stuff. And some of the wonderful contributors that have been a part of Kroll Call so far will be Back with us, Richard Sims, Lindsay Wells, The Kitchen Witch, Orfei. We will also have some great new contributors who you will be hearing from in 2015, including Emily Loftus and Alex Clancy. But before we can get to those two shows, we have a really great live show for you today. Coming up in just a few moments, Raymond Acevedo. He may want to be called Ray. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, once I'm given a name of someone, once you introduce yourself to me as someone, that's the name that always sticks in my head. So he may be Ray, sort of like I'm Dan. There are people who still call me Daniel, and it drives me absolutely nuts. No, that is not an invitation for those of you out there who are listening to call me Daniel, because I'll pretty much probably ignore you, but we have Raymond Acevedo coming up in just a few moments, and then later in the show, from The Voice, he is an accomplished musician, as I mentioned in the introduction, getting ready for his eighth studio album. It will be a self-titled release. It's called Tony Luca. Give you one guess who the artist is that is releasing that album. If you need more than two seconds to come up with that, well, you're 
be surprised later on in the show when I announce who it is. But Tony Luca will be coming up in the second half of the show. And then, of course, we also have a throwback to all the things that we love about the 1980s music, new wave music in particular. Lori Majewski will be here. She is the author of a book called Mad World. Some interviews, some great oral accounts of all that was going on in the 1980s in the world of music. I'm excited to talk about it. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a Lost Hits and Favorite Hits of the 80s show with Orfe and Andy Carl. If for some reason you missed that show, after today's show, you can go to our archives at crawlcall.com and listen to it anytime, wherever you'd like to listen to it. It's all completely free. Again, go to crawlcall.com. You can also listen to any of the other shows that we've put together since we've gone on the air. They're all there for free. Or you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the Crawl Call podcast. That's also free. This isn't free great. If you're spending money for Christmas, you don't have to worry about spending anything for Crawl Call because it's all completely free. And if you're still looking for other money-saving tips as we move into 2015 and, you know, the last couple of days that you have for holiday shopping, check out the Money-Saving Ideas show that we did on Crawl Call. We have some great ways for you to start off 2015 with uh, a better financial plan, a better understanding of your money. There are some hints from Walmart on ways to save money. A lot of good stuff there. So we have to take a quick break because we need to rest up. I need to get myself together for all the excitement that we have coming up in today's show. We'll be back in just a couple of bits, so go roast some chestnuts or something. We'll be right back with more of this week's Curl Call. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. ¿Te acuerdas sound de mí? Sentado a tus pies, llenando de colores un that is one of my favorite Christmas songs, no matter what language it's being sung in. It is Luis Miguel's take on my grown-up Christmas list. You can download on, on iTunes if you like. And I have to say that when we get to this time of the year, when we get to the holidays, I think that sharing new music and new artists, it's really one of the greatest gifts that you can give to anyone. And the best part it's completely free to do that. My first guest this week burst onto the music scene as a member of Menudo, but now Ray Acevedo has a spotlight shining squarely on him as a solo artist. He's got some great new music on deck. I'm so happy that he's able to be here with us today. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate um, your, um, your invitation, and thank you to all uh, the radio listeners that are listening to uh, to us right now and through the internet and all that stuff, and I, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much. Well, first question, the most important question possibly of this entire interview, Ray or Raymond? Um, well, you know, actually my name is Ramon. <laughs> There's a lot of people that know that. 
Um, for a lot of people that don't. Um, and uh, I love my name, but, you know, since I was a little kid um, and, uh, you know, I was just, like, called Raymond. But I like to be called Ray. It's more personal. It's more intimate, and I just find it easier. And, and all of my things right now, artistic, are based on the name Ray Acevedo. So, you know, that's what I'm going for now, Ray. That's what I'm going for now, yes. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I'm in the same situation when I was – a pint-sized little person. It was Danny, which I absolutely hate right. now. And then it became Daniel, which I'm also not really a fan of, but I'll answer to it. Right. So Dan is just fine for me. So we'll yeah. we'll switch in back and forth between names. But let's right. go back yeah. back in time. Like right in the middle. Right in the middle. <laughs> it's easy. It's also easier if it's one syllable. I like that. So let's go back in time. Let's go way back to when you were being called other different names. When did you discover your love of music? Well, then, um, actually, um, as far as I remember, as far as my mom tells me, I was really musical when I was uh, uh, a baby. However, um, you know, my, my, my dad, uh, it's a painter. He's been a painter for, I mean, he's um, 73 right now. And he's been a painter for, you know, over 55 years of his life since he was a kid. And so I, was, I grew up, you know, with paintings all over the house, you know, canvases, so on and so forth. So, so my first love, really, I mean, was uh, drawing and painting. Uh, and then, you know, this, you know, this thing, I, I used to do musicals and I used to do, you know, theater and stuff like that. So music was always there, but never in the forefront, uh, until I was like 11. And then I decided to, you know, oh, I want to be part of that group. You know, I, re- I really liked the whole same thing and the whole, you know, it was just the first thing that attracted me. And, uh, I, I started auditioning and from then on, you know, music became, you know, a daily. So I would say, you know, uh, around, you know, nine ten is when I really started like, you know, living in music could change me, you know, believing that music could be uh, something I could do for the rest of my life. Do you remember what the first song is that you were performing? Maybe there was a song that your parents brought everybody around and said, all right, listen to him sing, listen to him sing. What's the first song that you remember performing? Oh, um, I think it was um, Stevie Wonder's uh, I Just Called to Say I Love You. Great song. Uh, yeah, I just called to say, I mean, what a classic, right? But um, that was like around that time, you know, when, it's when I was like actually growing up into being a, a, an artist, a performer, you know, we're talking about you know, from 79 to 84, right before I got into the group was the time that I was, you know, so all those hits back then, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, so those were the, uh, yeah. Those right. are the hits. I mean, those, those are the hits. There's, there's right, nothing right, better right, right, right. to I mean, be you in the time. So let's go from there, from performing Stevie Wonder, possibly in your living room, to becoming part of the music scene as a part of Menudo. You know, I've always seen the fan reaction. You know, we've seen it going all the way back to the Beatlemania on the Ed Sullivan show. We see it now in the videos of sold out concerts from groups like One Direction. I'm always wondering, what is the flip side of that like for you, who is performing and seeing all of these people, you know, scream and and going nuts for you as a performer? That's got to be pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it completely changes you, uh, uh, you know, especially when you're a kid. I mean, um, you know, Menudo was very different, uh, you know, a different situation for me because, you got to understand that when I went into the group Menudo, I mean, Menudo was huge already, you know, they were already, you know, and, and this scene of like changing members every, you know, kind of like bring members in when the, the, the group is already, you know, a, a big hit. I mean, Menudo was a big hit from the get-go from the beginning of the 80s. So, you know, I go into this, into this scene and I was doing already some shows in Puerto Rico, getting prepared, you know, because I did like three auditions before I got uh, chosen for the group. 
So, you know, when I get into the group, it's like a major, you know, I mean, a major, like, uh, you know, a leap. I mean, it was just like from doing like, you know, 100 per people to 200 people to doing, you know, 50,000 people. I mean, you know, wow. so it was kind of, it was kind of like amazing and it changed me a lot. It scared me in the beginning a little bit, you know, because I was so young. But at the same time, it opened up, you know, oh, wow, you know, this is real. You know, it was, it was really, really amazing. It's a really amazing experience for any artist, you know. There are some questions that usually will pop into my mind. There are others that occasionally I will send over to the person I'm talking to to give them some time to think about them. This is one of those questions. I don't know if you've had time to come up with an answer, but I hope that you have because I'm really anxious to hear. As a performer, you know, you get to autograph certain things. What is, <laughs> what is the strangest thing that someone has asked you to autograph or sign? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. I sign everything from every single part, body part that you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, you know, and let's not go. Let's not go into like you know names of, of, of body part that that we can like uh, you know say. But I mean, from everything from underwear to body parts to uh, oh, the strangest thing was this this uh, lady uh, asked me to sign her dog. Okay, dog. and she had she had shaved her dog a little bit on the side, and she had asked me to sign it, and I obviously didn't do it because you know I thought it was going to be like bad for the dog, and then uh, you know she had one of these uh, uh, vegetable markers or whatever it was like something that was you know uh, chemical free, and I was like okay I'll do it, and uh, the dog got pretty upset actually he was just like you know kind of looking at me like what are you doing but yeah that was pretty strange. Yeah, I can imagine. Was- I don't know that I've ever heard of anyone saying sign my dog i like that that's uh, that might go on the, that might go on the, the most <laughs> odd true, things. Yes. okay so now that we've sort of moved along the progression here more of a, a serious question than the things that you've signed i'm curious from the days back with menudo to now in your opinion how has the music business changed oh my god i mean immensely you know i mean just uh uh, you know, it's just, it's strange to see uh, how everything's changed, especially with the advent of the uh, you know the world uh, the world web and mm-hmm. uh, you know the uh, internet and you know the access, the media and uh, the, you know the social media and all this stuff. I mean now uh, there's you know a lot of artists that are totally independent that don't use uh, uh, you know uh, big labels for uh, you know maybe for distribution and this and that. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, having a label nowadays or anytime it's 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 a great you know introduction card i mean it's a great asset to have you know as a as a you know production company but um you know they have taken a big hit because you know obviously there's a lot of like piracy going on and there's a lot of things that have been sold in the internet you know and and you know so they really have taken a big hit so i know they will bounce back there's going to be you know more of the uh you know the monopoly that this maybe six companies had you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shift into, like, it has shifted into, like, other smaller companies, you know, which I think is a great part of it because then now, you know, it's like you don't have to go and sign with, say, this big company. I mean, you can have your own company and, and, and you know, sort of merge it uh, for a distribution deal or something like that. And it's much better for the artist because you can keep some type of control and you can keep some type of, like, you know, hey, you know, you're not going to shelf me. You know, I'm going to be able to control where my music is going. So I think, yeah, it has changed a lot. They're, they're, they're not as powerful as they were but they still have a lot of power, you know, and they still have to be respected and they still are very, you know, usable <laughs> and very like, you know, great if you get a, I mean, a major deal. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, it's, but it's not necessary anymore, you know? 
I think that uh, I'm looking here, and a little bird, several of them on Twitter, are pointing out that there's a special day coming up in, oh, about two days. It's your birthday. So, happy early birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, on the 21st, 21st. Uh, it's going to be my birthday. I'm celebrating it with my family. Thank God that, you know, I have them nearby and I'm going to be with them. And thank you to all the listeners for uh, all the wishes. I have received a lot of messages uh, through my Facebook and Instagram, you know, saying happy birthday. And, I mean, people love me so much. Sometimes I'm like, you know, wow. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, so I've been receiving gifts left and right, you know, uh, on my box. And uh, it's just been great, you know. I mean, I, I honestly, I have... Uh, not celebrated my birthday that you know that much in the past, say five years. But this one, I'm going to celebrate it big because I mean, you know, it's a lot of people that are wishing me well, so I feel happy for it. That's a good thing. So the question I wonder is, someone who has a birthday on the 21st of December, do you ever get squeezed out of celebrating your birthday because it's so close to Christmas? Um, actually, you know, when I was a kid, I would like trick my parents, you know, because they would have to give me, uh, you know. Yes, <laughs> on the 21st and on the 24th. And then we had Reyes, which are the, the three kings. They come on the 6th. Mm-hmm. That's three, uh, you know, that's a, a trifecta right there for me. You know, all gifts, like, all throughout, you know, December and January. And that happened until I was, like, you know, 14. Okay, but then after that, you know, it became like, oh, okay, let's just, like, blend the three of them in one. So now I get, you know, now I get on the 24th, 25th, I get my gift, and that's it. So, you know, but it's okay, you know, I get enough. <laughs> I'm sure. I just, mine's not until March, so I had a, a plenty of, of time to pad between uh, gifts. But then, of course, from mm-hmm. March to December, there's no reason to, to get anything. So uh, right, right, I just wondered right, right. what it was like to have that. But with that, with Christmas, with birthdays, we're talking about presents. You have possibly the best present imaginable for folks out there. You've got new music on the way. Let's talk oh, about yes. some of the new music. Uh, tell us, let's first of all, let's talk about the new songs. Right. Um, my new single, it's called uh, Addictive Love. Um, in Spanish, it's Fabien Paris. I saw her in, in Paris. Um, it's a really cool song. I mean, um, you know, inspired on um, basically on my life. You know, I, I lived in New York for many years, and I like the whole fashion world, you know. And, uh, you know, it's a story about a guy that um, meets a girl and falls head over heels for her, and... Uh, you know, he's following her all over, you know, the city, and she turns out to be, like, really crazy and loves to, like, hang out at night, and, you know, she disappears with all his stuff, and uh, so it's, it's a story about that. Uh, it, you know, it's, when I write music, I don't necessarily, like, use, like, uh, you know, reality, or, you know, I use both. You know, I use my reality, and I blend it in with, you know, the artistic, you know what I'm saying? Like, I try to bring elements of both. So, because I, I find the music has to be revealing, but it has to be entertaining to a certain degree. So I try to mix, you know, mix both. So this song has that vibe, you know, and it's in the rock vibe, you know, pop rock uh, vibe. And um, we are about to launch it with a uh, with a video, uh, but we are in conversations with uh, some uh, very important people about launching it. And uh, so we have, you know, we have hold on until we are certain that we can launch it on a, you know, on a on a on a good scale, on a major scale. But it's not going to be long. It's going to be within the next month or two that I'm going to be doing that. That sounds a lot of fun. We're going to have a little bit of a sneak preview of that coming up in just a couple of moments. We've got some other questions, other things to talk about, things that people have submitted. I was wondering, when you have this, you have the English language version, you have Spanish version, have you ever written a song 
in English and thought, you know what, this would work better in Spanish? Or have you ever written a song in Spanish and thought, you know what, maybe this would work better in English? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, um, most, both ways has happened before. I mean, many times I write something in English, and then I usually write both of them, and then I decide later on, you know, I like it more in English and Spanish, you know, the one that sticks more, you know. Uh, but, you know, um, the writing in Spanish and English, um, it's a matter of, like, uh, of knowing, you know, the accent and where, you know, where to, the intonation and where, you know, where things are going with the syntax and all that stuff. So basically, you know, it's it's easier for me now to write in both because I don't try to translate, you know, from Spanish to English or from English to Spanish. I just write a, a different song, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with different lyrics and, you know, maybe the same message, but, you know, a different, uh, totally different, you know, uh, deliverance of the, uh, of the performance, you know, of the singing itself. So, you know, it kind of changes. But, yeah, I do it all the time, yeah. Well, last question before, I know folks out there are going to be disappointed, but we're out of time for this segment. So I'm going to end on a, on a holiday, on a Christmas note, yeah. and find out, do you have any special holiday Christmas traditions that you hold special? Anything that you look forward to around Christmas time? Oh, man, the roast pork. Are you serious? <laughs> that is the thing right there, man. I mean, we Puerto Ricans. And I think Cubans, too. I don't, I'm not particularly sure in other parts of Latin America. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm very disconnected, believe it or not. But, you know, we roast the pork, man, every, every Christmas. And, you know, we start early in the morning, and all the family gets together, and they go to the patio, and, you know, they have their, their drinks, and everybody's talking, and, you know, it takes like six or seven hours to cook, you know. By the time that that thing is done, everybody's just like, starving so yeah it's great man i mean that rose pork i can i can wait <laughs> we are going to have all of the information for how folks can keep up with you but uh, give them the information where can they find you on the internet if they're out there looking to try to find you yeah please you know if you want to find any information about ray acevedo about me uh, uh go to rayacevedo.com ray r-a-y-a-c-e-b-e-d-o.com uh, that's my new webpage. It was launched uh, a couple of months ago, and it has all the information, all my pictures, news. And it also has something that is called a mailing list, which if you subscribe to it, uh, I do some type of, like, you know, thing where I send pictures autographed by me to some of the winners, you know, some stuff like that. So, you know, when people put their addresses there, please leave all your information in the mailing list so I can, you know, get in contact with you and, and send you all, all the information about, you know, what I'm doing with my career and so on and so forth. Ray, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out, particularly in the the heat of the Christmas season, a couple of days before your birthday. Again, have a very happy, happy birthday and a Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully, maybe we can get you back here when we have more songs. We'll play more music. We'll, you know, give more information to the fans. It'll be a good time. Wow, Dan, thank you so much for for the opportunity. You don't understand how happy I am that I was able to communicate uh, with my uh, fans and all my new fans that are, uh, you know, uh, waiting for my new music. Thank you so much. Again, you can find me at reyacevedo.com and uh, definitely I will be able to uh, to come back to you and uh, do some other interview for, for the radio listeners. And uh, Merry great. Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you. We're going to listen to Addictive Love as we go to commercial break, but stay tuned. Kroll Call will be right back.
a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at vapresspass.com that's vapresspass.com va press pass by voice america all access all the time The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com I'll be home for the holidays Home beside the fire Home just like a star upon a tree My next guest is also a very talented singer and songwriter, and the song you just heard, Home for the Holidays, is his latest release. Tony Luga is known as having been a contestant on the NBC singing competition, The Voice, but he's also a husband, a father. We're going to learn a lot more about him in a a little bit of time. we got a whole lot to cover here. Tony, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I want to say that, you know, aside from your own holiday single, Home for the Holidays, which everybody is available right now on iTunes, you can go and download it even while you're listening to the show, The Wonders of the Internet. Do you have a personal all-time favorite Christmas carol or holiday song? Uh, yeah, man, I, you know, it, it's, it's funny, my, my relationship with uh, the holiday music, <laughs> um, I, I, I've over the last few years, I've sort of methodically cultivated a really meticulous uh, Spotify playlist of holiday mm-hmm. tunes that starts with Bing Crosby and pretty much ends with Bing Crosby. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not a big fan of, of the annual influx of everyone, you know, modern pop artists covering all the old classic Christmas songs. I think there was a golden era of it, and I'm a big fan of a lot of that stuff. But... Um, I'd say of the more more recent stuff, and by recent I mean maybe the last thirty, forty years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of uh, of Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. Mm. Yeah, when that when that one comes on, I feel like that's one of one of the last great anthemic holiday tunes that uh, that yeah that one does the trick for me. It certainly gets me in the mood, and it's just a phenomenal Donny Hathaway record, and uh, I, I like that one a lot. Oh, absolutely, I, and that was. FYI, that's the perfect answer. That's probably the answer that I would give as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to that. But we're talking about the holidays. We're talking about gifts. And for me, you know, it's not just about the gifts that you spend money on, but it's also the things that you can do for others. And that brings me into something that you did recently. You had a trip to Guatemala, which uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about because I think what you were doing is, is kind of amazing. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, spent the last few years um, etching out a, a path for uh, um, ourselves and, and our friends and fellow music lovers to uh, to go take uh, um, 
our music and, and, and our relationships and our, our KNB attitudes uh, abroad to, uh, to do good for the underserved and the underprivileged communities. Uh, right now, uh, we've kind of got a head start in uh, the Highlands, Guatemala. Uh, the, the organization is a nonprofit that my wife and I, along with my manager, Jason, and, and friends of ours from Louisiana, uh, we all forged ahead and, and put together a nonprofit called The Mile, which stands for Music is Love Exchange. Uh, and the idea, obviously, is that we we bring uh, uh, capable hands and, and, a, and a soundtrack to a community, and uh, they 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 uh, show us what needs to be done, and 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 uh, point out uh, ways for us to affect change and help their communities while we're there. And uh, you know, though we're bringing the gift of music, what we all leave with is you know you, you know you can't put a price tag on it. Uh, and that's that's why it's called the the exchange because it's it's sort of a win-win situation. Um, this past trip was our largest to date. We've had a few trips now, and the numbers usually hover around 12, 13, 15 people maybe. Um, and then this this year we finally you know stepped it up a notch and took uh, 30 30 people down wow. to Guatemala. And uh, you know it's it's I guess the key word might be volunteerism. You know it's more of an introductory to service. It's not. Uh, Peace Corps. We're not, you know, we're not saving lives per se, but we're definitely changing them, and and uh, uh, it's it's been really fantastic. It sounds amazing, and you mentioned the gift of music, and I have to say, with all respect to Philadelphia, where I'm from, I got to tell you, you hail from probably the most musical town in the world, being. Detroit, Motown. I'm wondering, how's that influenced you and your gift of music? Uh, yeah, man. You know, the uh, the Motown and and you know, to a larger extent, soul music in general uh, was always sort of just in the background. You know, it was always part of the soundtrack of my life. And uh, fortunately, you know, uh, whatever I've tried to do has always had a hint of of that soulfulness to it. You know, uh, even even my more you know Americana roots rock borderline country stuff that I've got in my repertoire, it still just has a, 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 a something about it that is reminiscent of of the early soul records. And uh, yeah, I was just grew up a huge fan of Motown, and to this day, I take <laughs> great pride in in having been you know from that area, and, and uh, especially when I hear. The, the the records you know is when I listen to Motown I'm like heck yeah man there's like a, <laughs> there's there's a, there's a there's a depth to it there's a grit to it there is a uh, uh, a blues to it that that isn't a despair a despairing blues it's a it's still it's like a motivated uh, blues <laughs> if that makes any sense um, no absolutely and, and I feel like yeah if you look back through my stuff as melancholy as a lot of my music has been uh, there's there's still like an aspect of, of hope to it, maybe you know, and and, uh, and something that resonates that, that that you walk away with, and and uh, I could definitely say that that was, you know, part of the osmosis of being from Montana. Definitely, and I mentioned Philadelphia. I have to point out that you will be singing the national anthem, performing at halftime at the 
Eagles versus the Redskins. Redskins, see, I'm already rooting against them. The Redskins game tomorrow, <laughs> Saturday, December 20th. I have to ask, you're going to be singing for an Eagles win, right? That's the correct answer. There's no really other. <laughs> there's no other yeah, answer. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, again, growing up in Detroit, you know, being a, a, a Lions fan or an NFL fan is sort of indentured servitude. You know, you just you're born into it. You got to <laughs> deal with it, and uh, <laughs> so. Um, if I had to pledge allegiance to any one team, obviously it would be the Lions. But uh, of course. but my good friend Matt Duke is from the Philly area, and uh, we were out on tour once while uh, Mike, Michael Vick was has come, and uh, I got real close to the to you know the the team's progress that season, and kind of became a fan uh, over a few weeks of just watching the team and being up on their stats and stuff. And uh, Matt is certainly uh, extremely passionate about about his Eagles. And if I'm not completely off base here, I know the Eagles are not yet in the playoffs and need a whole lot of help. The Lions aren't uh, clinched yet either, are they? I want to say I heard that they were they clinched the wild card spot, but I I don't know. They still got a couple of tough fights ahead of them. Maybe I don't I don't know. They're Someone kind of go- the loop. They can Twitter and and let us know the answer while we're talking about the rest of this. But let's talk about what are you going to be performing at halftime. Uh, yeah, I'm performing uh, one of the, the first couple of singles that we decided to put out uh, and set up for the album in January. But uh, uh, one of the songs off the new record called Delilah. Um, they're having me perform that at halftime. And then uh, uh, they also wanted a hint of a holiday thing. So I, I, I kind of, again, getting back to your initial question, <laughs> I had to think about you know a holiday thing that would be something I could I could pull off with any sense of integrity and uh <laughs> we settled on uh Happy Christmas the, the John Lennon Yoko Ono anthem and uh I'll be doing roughly about 75 80 80 seconds of of that to to close it out well, we're going to talk about the new album now but before we do that I have a confession um I may or may not have gotten caught rocking out to Delilah at a red light while I was stopped, just sort of singing and <laughs> jamming along and had somebody look over at me, and hopefully I did you proud. Did you keep going, or did you kind of catch yourself? <laughs> uh, no, I, when, when that happens, I figure if you stop, you look even worse. So I always turn over to the person in the other car, and I just sing even harder. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. That's, that's quite a visual. Well, hopefully they appreciated it as well. Fortunately, it's cold here in Philly. The windows were rolled up. They probably didn't hear anything, but, you know, I know that they watched me. So let's let's talk about the new album. It is, amazingly, it's in the eighth album, but this is the first one that you have self-produced. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, um, it's, it's been interesting, you know, over the years, um, I, I always sort of co-produced, you know, because I never, never assumed I had enough knowledge as to what the hell I was doing, um, you know, but, but, after a while, you learn you learn you know as many tricks as you as you're willing to, and and uh, more importantly, you get a, a stronger sense of what resonates with you. Um, and though I don't know that it's what I'll do from now on, but I will say I had a ton of fun, uh, you know, just just kind of owning the creative control on it, and just um, really knowing that at the end of the day, if I'm not completely happy with it, then I'm gonna keep pushing until I am. Um, that being said, I, you know, I hardly uh, came up with, 
you know, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a collaborative process. I worked with fantastic people who brought a tremendous amount of uh, talent and, and uh, grace to the project, you know, uh, starting with my, my band. Um, this was the first record I got to make with the, the guys I've been playing with now for close to the last four years. And, uh, you know, after playing that many shows, and we, we really kind of carved out a sound for ourselves. And I, I really wanted that to be a part of the, the, the new sound. And so, uh, so it was great, man. I got to, to take my guys into the studio, and, and they, you know, uh, they aren't shy on ideas, man. They're really talented guys. They brought a lot to the, to the table, and it was, it was like, you know, like a band making a record. But, uh, um, you know, as well, I worked with a couple of really talented guys that helped uh, re- helped record it, and then later on went on to mix it. And uh, you know, so producing and mixing are two separate things. There's a lot you can do in, in mixing that really makes a record shine the right way. And uh, these guys did that. Uh, a guy named Chip Johnson, formerly of a group called the Alternate Roots, and uh, Kit Carlson, one of the founding members of Stephen Kellogg and the Sixers. Uh, the two of them have. Been Join forces in our uh, a bit of a production team, and uh, what was cool was that they uh, we were just going to do pre-production with them, have them help us flush out ideas, and and uh, we wanted a place to rehearse the songs. I had a two-week lockout booked in in Nashville to make the record, uh, but when we started on the pre-production, the stuff just started sounding really great, and so we just really knocked out as much as we could in in, a, in a, about a week's time. And by the time I left their studio in Virginia, the record was about 75% made. Wow. So I had two weeks to go down to Nashville and just do overdubs, bring in guest performers and, and, and edit things and get the album ready to be mixed. But, uh, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a hell of a process and, and a ton of fun. And I, I really feel like if there was ever a record that uh, spoke for who I am, where I'm coming from, uh, this, is, this is definitely the one, thus the, uh, the self-titled. It, does it take a lot? I mean, I, a lot of artists, their first album that they put out is the self-titled album because, I mean, I guess it's just easier to do. It's taken you to your eighth album. Was that by design? Was that by choice, I'm assuming? Yeah, I, I, you know, it was. It definitely was. Um, again, I, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's how we arrived at it was the basically at the end of the day, this was just, you know... Um, this is me. Just, this is Tony Luca. This is what he sounds like. <laughs> um, but you know, it also it, it my career to date has felt like a, a bizarre string of you know once in a lifetime opportunities that strung together. You know, I mean, there was a lot of uh, there's been a lot of hard work. Don't get me wrong, but I mean things like having been on the Mickey Mouse Club and then you know going on to spend time uh, in, in film and television and successes there um, to, to you know, years later winding up on The, the Voice and having a, a great string of luck on, on that show and, of course, you know, maintaining some high-profile friendships and things that all kind of like, what? <laughs> you know, like, and, and so, so, you know, I, none of all, not all of that, you know, led me to where I wound up creatively, but, uh, but I feel like that's all behind me now and, and, and not that there won't be other weird, cool, wonderful things down the road, but I feel like this just felt like a, a, a new leaf, you know, like this was kind of pushing reset on, on my work to date. And, uh, you know, like this is sort of reintroducing myself to folks, I suppose. 
and you will be introducing yourself into a whole new year. You're going to be performing New Year's Eve, Spring Lake, Michigan, food, champagne, music. That sounds like a good time. From what I understand, there are at least a few tickets left that if somebody wants to go, they need to hurry up and snatch them up. Yeah, it's a, it's a real intimate affair. Um, it's, a, it's this incredible room up in Spring Lake, Michigan, which is just outside of Grand Haven on the Grand Rapids side of Michigan. Um, but it's uh, this, this couple that runs the place, they just, they, wow, to say that they get it is a bit of an understatement. You know, they really um, just sort of diamonds in the rough. You know, they're in a part of, part of the region that, that you wouldn't think would, would have this impeccable listening room experience in music venue, but that's what they're after. That's what they've been after, and they've, they've been killing it. You know, they've, they've had really great artists come through there. I've had the pleasure of playing there a handful of times, and each time it's been, um, you know, it's been successful. We've sold it out each time. Usually there's about 100, 115 uh, seat capacity in, in, in the room. Uh, but for the New Year's show, they... Uh, to sort of make room for tables and things and, and, and really throw a proper party. They're, they're uh, limiting the number to, I think, roughly 80 tickets. And so, um, you know, it's going to be a whole evening sort of thing. And, and yeah, man, it's appetizers, drinks, food, dinner, the, the, the music, and then, you know, champagne and, and doing it right, you know. Sounds like a good time. We only have about a minute left, unfortunately, before we have to let you go. So I'm going to give you the final word. Let people know where they can find you and, more importantly, how they can get their hands on your new album. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks again. It's, um, uh, yeah, the new record comes out January 27th, so mark the calendar. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously all the socials are, are, are in place. Uh, my website is TonyLuca.com um, and uh, Facebook forward slash TonyLuca, Twitter and Instagram. I try to get a little creative and make it, you know, third person. Uh, <laughs> but my handle is at, at LucaDoes, uh, L-U-C-C-A-D-O-E-S. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that, that kind of is about it. But uh, currently right now, yeah, there, there are three singles from the new album available uh, Imagination, Delilah, and Right on Time. Um, we just recently added the, the holiday song, obviously, in Time for the Holidays. Um, and those are all there. We've been getting quite a few spins on uh, Sirius Coffee House right now. So for those of you out there in the Sirius XM satellite world, uh, tune in and you'll hear, uh, you'll hear some, some TL on the XM. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, otherwise, I... man, yeah, that, that's about it. I appreciate having the TL here on the KC. Girl call, Tony. Thank you so much for taking some time out to be here. You got it, man. Thank you again for the time. We are going to listen to a little bit of Delilah as we go into commercial break, but stay tuned, everybody. We're going to be back with more Girl Call in just a moment. Yeah. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. We are continuing our music-packed episode of Crawl Call. I hope that you've been enjoying the show. I know that I've had a great time. I've found some new music. I found some new stuff to go and download. And, you know, you can still do that while you're listening to the show. That's, as I said, the wonders of the internet. You can listen to me chatter on about whatever it is that I'm doing, and you can download music at the same time. Now, we're going to set the dials on the Kroll Call time machine to somewhere in the 1980s. I'm not entirely sure where, but if you've lived through the 1980s, you're going to be familiar with many of the songs and the artists that we're about to talk about in the next segment. If you weren't born in the 1980s, well, you're going to know many of these songs from Swiffer and insurance commercials. That's Probably the easiest way you'll know them when we're talking about them. It'll be great. Now, Lori Majewski is the author of Mad World, an oral history of new wave artists and songs that defined the 1980s. I was not aware that the 1980s could be defined, but Lori, you say that they can. The 1980s can be defined. Uh, hi there. Thanks Hello. for having me on. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here because this is, I mean, I, I have in one hand, I've got my little iPad mini and I'm uh, looking through the book and the other, I've got a pen, I'm making notes. So thank you so much for taking some time out to be here. No, it's great. I mean, you, you talk about how can the 80s be defined. It's kind of funny when, when we look back now, you know, our book is, is, is about 36 songs and artists that we say define the era. And, you know, when you look back now, these songs, these artists, Duran Duran, Adam and the Ants, you know, The Smiths, Depeche Mode, Tears for Fears, these really are the songs we've come to know mm-hmm. as the era. I mean, when you watch the Super Bowl, the commercials, I mean, there's Echo and the Bunny Men and the Killing Moon. You know, there's Depeche Mode, and I just can't get enough. So it's interesting. At the time, we thought these songs were alternative and kind of cool and underground. But when we look back at the era, these are the songs that now are on The Voice. I mean, talk about uh-huh. Tony Luca. These are the songs that we now hear on American Idol. These are the new classics. They are. Now, let's do a little bit of the controversial part here. I am an organizational nut. In my iTunes, <laughs> all of my songs are you know, broken down into the types of genres, and they're probably more obscure than they need to be. I'm finding that a lot of people disagree on what exactly new wave music is. So since you are the expert, what is new wave music? Well, it's funny. When we wanted to do this, this book, we wanted to... It- we, we were very selfish and self-indulgent about it. We wanted it to be our favorite <laughs> songs. And, and when um, my co-author, Jonathan Bernstein, and I sat down and made a list of those songs, we realized they all came from what we refer to as the New Wave era. The New Wave era is the second coming of the British bands, the second British invasion, you know, the first one being the Beatles and the Stones. Mm-hmm. This is the time around the dawn of MTV when there was this this 
this time, there weren't enough videos for like a lot of American bands like Kansas and Blue Oyster Cult and Journey. So MTV really had to launch on the strength of the weird, wonderful stuff that was coming out of the UK. And, and these bands that I mentioned before, they were mostly British. They were inspired by two things, David Bowie and punk. And mm-hmm. so there was, you know, they definitely have this modern, very English and modern English, which is one of the bands I'll melt with you. Um, <laughs> You know, they have that very futuristic electronic sound. It's funny that you mentioned that you selfishly wanted to pick favorite music. There are two songs. We did a a sort of lost hits and favorite hits of the 80s show here on Kroll Call a couple of weeks ago for uh, Thanksgiving. And two of the songs made the cut of the nine songs that we played. One was Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me. And the other, love saying this, Kaja with... Too shy. I mean, these are these shy, are, shy, hush, hush. Exactly, one of the best bass tracks of the era. I love that I've gotten everyone to sing. We had Ray sing in the first thing. We had Tony sing a little bit. Now you're singing. This is great. Uh, I'm not <laughs> going they're to. They're professional. I'm just an, <laughs> a, an author and an, a journalist. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the songs that are that were were in the book. As I said, I'm, I've there are probably way too many to talk about, but some of my particular favorites. Spandau Ballet, true, classic. I mean, even was sampled by PM Dawn, so that proves that it was a hit. Well, it's kind of funny. One of my favorite quotes in the book is from Gary Kemp, who is the songwriter from Spandau Ballet. He wrote True. He said that that song absolutely altered, completely altered the the American landscape of music. Now, that sounds a bit outrageous, um, but it's, it, it is true. I mean, haha, it is true. When you think back <laughs> to that song, which was featured in uh, 16 Candles, you know, it was this big ballad, but it, you know, it's, a gorgeous Marvin Gaye-esque inspired mm-hmm. song that, you know, the lyrics were, were taken straight out of Lolita. So, you know, you, your IQ went up just listening to the song. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's interesting. When you think about today, when you turn on the radio, does a week go by that you haven't heard, that you don't hear True by Spandau Ballet? You know, it's a song that, you know, it does, you don't have to be in your 30s or 40s or 50s to love. Teenagers love it. It's a great song, and I think that might actually be one of the songs that's in the insurance commercial that I was uh, teasing at the top in the introduction. Now, Laurie, there is a song on the list that I have been known to perform at karaoke. Ah, these are all karaoke favorites, definitely. But only one of them have I ever braved uh, to sing in, in front of an audience. Would you like to take a guess? I'll tell you if you're right. We're going to talk about it anyway, but do you have a, a guess? Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, let's see. I really, I don't know. There's so many of them that, that could be it. Uh, Dexie's Midnight Runners, come on, Eileen. No, but I actually would think about that one. It is Soft Cell's Tainted Love. Oh, good one. Really I good really, one. I really, really like that song a whole lot, and I, I've got to find a way to work it into the show at some point. It's such a great song, and it was so weird at the time because it's this, like, <laughs> northern soul cover song. And, you know, Tainted Love, uh, it goes into where, where Does Our Love Go, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a Motown favorite. But, but 
But the bands, Soft Cell, they were like this electronic, weird art school experimental thing. And here they come with this northern soul song that, you know, it really, when we talk about defining the era, it was one of those that led the way. That, Human League, Don't You Want Me, Eurythmics, Sweet mm-hmm. Dreams Are Made of These, of this. Those songs blew open the door for these, for this era. I mean, think about it, how weird it was at the time. You had Boy George dressing as a girl. You had Annie Lennox dressing as a guy. You had Adamant with a white pirate, with a white um, Native American stripe across his face while dressing like a pirate. That stuff wouldn't fly today. I mean, today you have people like Rihanna being dressed by Gucci. You know, it's all kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of conservative in comparison. It, but you have to realize how weird this time period was. Um, yes, and I'm, 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 it kind of is, you're talking about the outfits, it makes me think of Whip It by Devo, Uh, that was certainly a a unusual, uh, just the hats, the little, you know, thing that looks sort of like a inverted Christmas tree, kind of, maybe. (laughs) Absolutely, I mean, and just think about it, they went into radio stations, and everyone thought that Whip It was about, uh, jerking off. <laughs> I mean, it was such, what a weird time period, you know, it was, and it was like, we talk about the costumes and it was like Halloween was every day in the eighties, right? It kind of was, but there is, uh, you know, in all of that, there have been some good that's come of it. And the song that for some reason we couldn't work into the show, do they know it's Christmas by Band-Aid? Uh, I mean, raised money. It was. It's still played on the radio. You talk about uh, True being one of those songs that you can hear. At Christmas time, you can't help but hear, do they know it's Christmas? Yeah. And, you know, when they started out, Bob Geldof from the Boomtown Rats and Midger from Ultravox, that, you know, they put all the Band-Aids together, right? When they put this first Band-Aid together, they had hoped to raise maybe a couple of hundred thousand dollars, and they raised to date $190 million that to this day is helping Africa and Ethiopia. I mean, like the Glee cover from a couple of years ago when when the cast of Glee did it on the show, it raised in royalties and licensing fees $300,000, and this year they're building a school in Ethiopia from that money. So it's interesting. We talk about the, the, the trends and the crazy hair, but at the end of the day, like this, you know, those people came together and made a song that 30 years later is still changing the world. That's so amazing. And considering that it's a time where, you know, people have these sort of, you know, they do 80s jokes of, oh, you look like you're dressed in the 80s. Oh, you look like you're from the 80s. And you, you look at it and, okay, so maybe the 80s are doing some good. Maybe it's not as uh, wild and wacky as what we're led to believe by history. Well, yeah, you know, we remember it for the cartoonish things about it, but but really, these songs, why have they lasted 30 years? Why, like the, the title track of our book, Mad World, right? You know, we know it as a Tears for Fears track if you're of a certain age. But then the, there was that film Donnie Darko, and Gary mm-hmm. Jules came out and, with a, like a, a plaintive piano, very mournful version. I mean, if you go on Instagram and, and, and search Mad World, you will see every single day teenagers putting up their own versions of that song. So it's like, look at the bones of that song and how that over 30 years has aged. That's kind of what we're talking about in the book is that, you know, yes, a flock of seagulls had crazy hair, but if you look really close, they had amazing songs too. 
They did, and I am looking, we are running low on time here. Let everybody know, since this is, I mean, this is the book. There are even recommendations for playlists out there. For those of you who know I love my music, there are playlist recommendations. You can run to the iTunes and download, or run to the Amazon download. Lori, how can people pick up a copy of Mad World? Well, you know, every Wednesday, by the way, at madworldbook.com, we do mixtapes. So there's a new one every week. Um, Mad World is available right now. Amazon has it. All your bookstores have it. It's actually one of the best-selling music books of the year. We're so proud of it because we did this as kind of like a fun thing, like, oh, my God, we love these songs. But it's really an underserved era. I mean, you look at grunge, how many books there are about that. Everyone talks about punk, classic pop. Classic, classic rock, but like, look at the Smiths getting dissed this year by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This, this era, you know, it doesn't get a lot of love from the snobby rock critics, but fans <laughs> like me and you, we're kind of obsessed with it, right? We kind of are. Unfortunately, I have to be obsessed after the show. Lori, we're out of time, but I want to thank you so much for coming here. And you've got an open invitation to come back because I can't get enough of talking about 80s music. You just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. (laughs) Oh, I would love to come back. And let's go do karaoke together sometime. That sounds like a plan. But as we wrap up here, I also want to make another note about an end in the era of music. After 14 years, BET's 106 in Park aired its final episode today. Now, the show's going to be moving to an online format, but it had a huge impact on music, and I wanted to give them a much-deserved shout-out. Also, big shout-out to all of my guests this week, Ray Acevedo, Tony Luca, Lori Majewski, of course. We couldn't do this without all of you out there who are listening, whether this was your first time listening, whether you're a Kroll Call regular, we'll call you a Crowley. I don't know. We'll come up with a name. Thank you for your support. If you want to listen to the show again, if you missed any part of it, if you want to share it with someone, head over to crowlcall.com. Every episode's available on demand. You can stream it for free anytime you want. You can also subscribe to the Crowl Call podcast on iTunes. We're back next week, December 26th, with part one of our 2014 Year in Review special. We're looking at everything that's gone on in the past 12 months in music, sports, television, business, you name it, we've got it. Part two airs Friday, January 2nd. On behalf of everyone at Crowell Call, SoapCentral.com, the Voice America Talk Radio Network, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. We'll see you back here next time. We're into home.